turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. If you'd like to join the conversation, if you have a car question, or if you want me to settle a feud between my dad says this and my husband says that, then I can do that. 602-508-0960. Kurtz Automotive has been on my list since Jesus was a baby. They're located at I-17 and Bell Road. Kurtz knows how to fix cars, domestic, import, gas, and diesel. They have ASE certified technicians. And I can't tell you how many times Kurtz, like the rest of my shops, they get introduced to a customer because I send the customer to them, and then they fix the car. And then the customer begins to be a customer for the rest of that, that, that time. That's how it kind of works really well. There are guys out there that are really good diagnosticians, <clears throat> And there's also, we're all smart enough to know that sometimes the answer is, is I can't pinpoint the problem. You need to wait till it gets worse. I know it only happens twice a month, but we just need to wait till it gets worse and I can probably track it down. But for right now, I can't do anything but guess, and that's going to cost you a lot of money. So Kurt, you're not going to hear that from Kurtz, that it's going to cost you a lot of money because they can fix cars. So the Kurtz Automotive is a place, if it's a ISA, up at I-17 in Bell Road, if you're in that area. Let's go to Andrew. Andrew, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You hey, um, I just recently purchased a 2006 military Humvee. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, I, I want to uh, do a Duramax and Allison transmission and motor swap on it. Uh, there's a place in Utah that is known for it. Um, I was wondering if you knew of anybody here in Scottsdale or Phoenix that does that type of work. Yeah, um, the shop's going to want to be a, a big part of picking the kit um, because we have ways to talk to vendors and stuff like that to make sure that everything comes with it. What have you got in there now? That six six, that six liter GM motor. It, it's the six point five liter uh, dog of a diesel with the four speed automatic okay. transmission. Uh, it only has four hundred miles on it, but it, it's. Uh, I know it, eventually I want to swap that out so that it's a little bit uh, nicer of a motor. Okay, so and now it it has a six point five. It's the older diesel. You want the six point six, the new Duramax motor. That's correct. Okay. Um, the only guy in town that um, I would think you'd tall is Tom Blackwell. I can tell you he does this kind of work. I can tell you you're going to wait for a while to get in line. Um, he mm-hmm. does a f- fantastic job. He's very thorough. And this kind of and, – and there's going to be some reengineering that has to be done, and, and that's right, where he right. really excels is we're going to need to take the shift lever off, and we're going to need to put a bend in it right here, and we're going to need to change directions, and we need to give it another inch of throw. Okay, I can build one. I can fix that. Mm-hmm. So Blackwell Automotive, 40th and Greenway, that's the guy who I know, can right do where it. I know, right where they're at, yeah. 
You're going to have to talk okay. them into it. And oh, But here's what you do. Here's the key. Tom, just put me in line, okay? Just put me in line. When oh, yeah. it's my turn, call me and, and wait till yeah, he calls you. Yeah, I'm not you. in a hurry. Okay. All righty. Well, I sure appreciate that. Uh, I thank you for your, for, your, uh, for your help on that. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Yeah, and he won't let you down. I know that. Thank you very much for that. Let's go to Gene. Gene, you're up next. How can I help you? I have a uh, 2019 GMC Denali with the Duramax diesel. And um, recently, when it gets up to temperature, my oil or my temperature coolant light will come on saying I'm low on coolant. And I will check it, and it is plumb full. And I can push the reset button, and it'll go away for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. It'll come back. Sometimes it goes away for a longer period of time, but it is. It happens every day, and I, and like I say, the reservoir is 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 full. Is it is it a bad sensor or something? Well, what we typically do to fix that, and this works more times than it doesn't, is is to take the bottle completely out of the car, and take that sensor out and hit it with a wire brush or something to clean off the moss and the trash on the outside because the sensor loses sight of what it's supposed to do, and that works. 75 to 80 percent of the time now it then 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 a couple of the shop owners go yeah mark but it comes back in 90 days or two months or three months and we end up replacing the sensor okay fine those are the two choices let's see if it is the sensor and let's clean it up and if that elongates the time then we know it is the sensor and if it comes on again then replace the sensor it's not that big of a deal this isn't you know rocket science so that's how i would so you handle just take it. the bottle off the bottle off up there where it's mounted up by the firewall it's the fire it's the overflow tank the one with the the pressurized yeah. cap on it and then you, the sensor is in that tank and so you're going to take that whole tank out and put it on your workbench and take it out and clean it up and put it back together see if it works okay sounds yeah. good okay good luck to you thank you thank you and let's go to mike mike good morning how can i help you good morning um uh, i just wanted your opinion on uh, <clears throat> Why my 2001 Chevy Malibu idles high some days, and then other days it's back to normal. I had a uh, test run at the shop, and also my throttle cleaned, and it's, uh, you couldn't find anything, so... Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you staying right there. Hey, Gene. Gene from the Duramax. Um, you, you talked about the Duramax and you said you had two problems. I want you to know that the Duramax wants to run at the, in the middle mark to the three quarter mark on your gauge, the middle mark to the three quarter mark. So if, if you have a over temp light, usually it's red, but a, a temp light would usually be yellow, which is caution. We, I didn't address that, but it's normal for your Duramax. It's normal for every car on the road today to run somewhere between 210 and 220. And everybody, there's a lot of old guys out there that want to put a 160 thermostat and run it under 200, and that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. We know that now, and we know that for from here on in. So my trucks, all my vehicles run between 220 and 240, and I'm perfectly happy with that. And there's a good reason for that. But anyway, Mike, to go back on your Malibu, let me explain. The idle is controlled on your Malibu by opening and closing a vacuum leak. Okay. So if we want the idle to go higher, the idle air controller, which is this little electric motor that goes in, and a cone on the end of it. And the cone goes into a 
a matching cone hole. So the cone goes in and it shuts off the air and the idle drops and then the computer goes, wait, wait, stop, give me some idle. And so then the cone comes out a little bit and this happens three or four times a second and the, the idle air control motor will move in and out until it finds the idle it wants that the computer wants. Right. So, so you can have a vacuum leak at the PCV valve, you can have a vacuum leak at the brake booster, you can have a vacuum leak somewhere on the engine that's causing the erratic idle. But how many miles has your Malibu got on it? It's about 130,000. Okay. This isn't a big deal because (laughs) (laughs) us old guys have done this before. Um, If you want, you can take a a four-foot piece of heater hose, like five-eighths heater hose, stick one end in your ear (laughs) and take the other end and start waving it all over the motor. And if you hear this, then you just found the vacuum leak. Um, but you could also, you can also, if you want, disconnect the battery and then um, disconnect the idle air control motor, pull it out, clean it up, and put it back in. It's better to hire someone to do that because 50% of the time you end up messing up the motor. Right, right, right. And so hire someone to go in, and, but don't tell them that. Just say, is that a possibility? Now, another thing, too, is, is we can usually plug in a scanner and watch what's going on and we can make we can create lies about what we want the idle air control motor to do to see if it can respond and so carbon buildup on a hundred thousand mile um, throttle body it might be something where they just take the throttle body off and clean that son of a gun up and put it back on with a new base gasket and boom you're home free but the worst case scenario is take the throttle body off clean it up and put a new idle air control motor on it and the success rate on that is 99%. I see. Well, very good, it sir. Is, <laughs> assuming there's no external vacuum leak somewhere else, pay attention to see if this problem is there when your foot's on the brake. Pay attention. Ah, okay, sir. Appreciate that. Okay. All Thank right. You. Well, good luck to you. Thank you, Mike. When the lines are wide open, and there's five of them, 602-508-0960. 602 You see... With the fuel-injected cars, how we raise and lower the idle is we add air to the engine. So this little cone is on a motor, and it sits in a cone hole. So it goes it goes all the way to the bottom, and then the computer backs it up a little bit, and it looks at the RPM, and it says, oh, oh wait, wait, I, it's only at 400. I want 600. And so it tells the idle air control motor, come on back just one or two steps. Oh, yeah, 600. Hold it right there. All of that happens in one-tenth of a second. So the computer is monitoring the idle air control motor, it's monitoring the RPM, and it knows that the RPM is directly related to the idle air control motor. Until it sees the throttle position sensor says, hey, Mark's wife just got in the car and she, she, she just hit the throttle and it's now at 50%. Well, the idle air control motor is out of the equation at this point, and so now the computer is opening and closing valves to add fuel. So all of this is going on, but there's a lot of us that understand what goes on and how it goes on and why it goes on. So it is, there's, and one last thing I, sh- I forgot to tell Mike, um, there is what we call minimum idle authority, and that's where you synchronize the throttle position sensor, the idle, and the air control motor steps. So before, and I am sure that I am 90% sure someone has already messed with all of those. So the very first thing we have to do is go in there and synchronize and, and, and lock down the idle air control motor steps, what they call steps, the RPM, 
and <clears throat> and and the uh, 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 the 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 air control position, and so we have to get all that together, and that's called minimum idle authority, and so we have to set that first, and almost always, not almost always, sometimes just that conglomeration of adjustments is all you need because someone else thought, well, let me turn this screw. That didn't work. Well, let me turn this and let me do this and let me do that. That's what creates the problem is not understanding that we can't just go in there with a screwdriver and raise the idle on a fuel-injected motor. We can't do that. It doesn't work and it sets check engine lights and it causes all kinds of problems. And then when you turn the car off, the car engine doesn't stop running. It diesels like crazy and it runs backwards and all kinds of stuff because now we're feeding it fuel when really the computer wanted to shut the butterflies completely, shut the fuel off when you turn the key off. But because somebody tightened up the screw, we're now delivering fuel to an engine that should be shut off but wants to continue to run. And diesel is what they call it. Anyway, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Hugh Hewitt watches Biden lead from behind. The president has done nothing ahead of the European allies. Well, he really is leading from behind. Germany yesterday announced that they are sending 500 stingers. And then as soon as Germany said we're sending 500 stingers, the United States said, okay, we'll send 500 too. So whatever Europe does, we mirror, but we're not leading. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 4 on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This week, William Wolf will be interviewing Ken Timmerman, who will discuss President Joe Biden and his advisors the common denominator in American foreign policy debacles involving Russia, Iran, and Israel. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. Ah. Or D, just roll with it. Woo, Justin, look at us. We're over here. Justin, Justin. OMG. He just looked. I love you, Justin. I love you. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org slash AZ. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt, and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes, 
When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For help with food, health care, and other resources, call or visit 211.org. 211, how can I help you? 211, get connected, get help. A message from United Way and the Ad Council. Well, 20 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, if you'd like to join us, we have two lines taken. That means we have three open, and the phone number is 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We'll talk about your car problem, give you advice the best I can. And this is an opportunity for there to be give and take. So you kind of give me the brief overview of the problem you have, and then I'm going to ask questions, and then the answers is going to be yes, no, or I don't know. And um, those are all acceptable. And then that way I can kind of narrow it down because this is the kind of conversation that good shops have with their customers so they can narrow it down and minimize the cost of finding the problem when the cost, when those inf- that information is in, in the head of the person in front of you. 602-508-0960. Kurtz Auto is up at I-17 in Bell. He's a good guy. He's done a lot of good work. He recently won the Better Business Bureau Ethic Award. He opened up his doors in 1987, and he's been around uh, and working on domestic and imports, both gas and diesel. So if you're in your I-17 in Bell, Kurtz Automotive is is a great place for you to try. Let's go to the phones. Philip, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Hey, thank you for taking my call. 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 So I'm calling on behalf of my daughter. She drives a 2003 Kia Sorenta. It's got 176,000 miles on it. The AC does not work. We replaced the, the AC, oh gosh, it's got to be three years ago. Five years ago, three years ago, five years ago, uh, seventeen, eighteen hundred bucks. It's got one hundred seventy-six thousand miles. There's no real problems with the engine. It just no AC. It's getting daggone hot out there. Okay. Well, the the question is, is what are we missing? Um, <clears throat> it could be that the low pressure switch has kicked off the clutch, and and it won't allow you to get air conditioning because the low pressure switch detects a low refrigerant charge. So we could have a low pressure switch that stopped it. A guy like me, I'm going to take a battery lead, touch it to the compressor, bypass all that stuff, see the compressor fire up. I'm going to grab a hold of the suction hose on the back of the compressor. It gets cool but not cold. Boom, I'm done. I'm going to pull all the refrigerant out, weigh it, clean it, and it's it's two, it has two pounds. And, and I look at the sticker, and it takes three. And so I'm going to add a pound to my two. I'm going to give you yours back. Two, two pounds back, I'm going to add a pound to it, and you're going to spend 100 bucks, <clears throat> and we're going to start all over again. Now, you want to track the leak. Depends on how long ago this work was done. So you, a lot of people say, no, 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 it's been fine for two years. I just want to fill it up again. Okay, fine, I can do that. So in your particular case, the question is, is, is the compressor running? And if it's running, then you, you would touch the suction line on the back of the compressor, and it should be cooled or cold. Then the question is, is why aren't we getting cold air inside and maybe the blend door's broken? 
And if the blend door is to swing left for cold air and swing right for hot air, and sometimes it'll break in the middle or it'll swing and it'll take off the cold air. So you don't have cold air, but really we're making cold air, but the blend door's screwed up. So there's all these moving parts. But to be honest with you, the checkout on that thing's probably somewhere between $50 and $75, I'm guessing. And and then there is a small possibility, a small one, that the 50 to 75 plus another $40 to fix it. <laughs> so once you found it and it's a bad connection or it's a low-pressure switch that's broken or something like that. So that's what I would do is I would have someone diagnose it and say to them, what's your checkout charge for an AC that's not blown cold? And does that apply to the repair? Yes, it does. Okay, thank you. And then that's how the conversation I suggest should happen. Does that make sense? So, yeah, it does. Martin's Automotive is my guy, so he oh, would be able to you, do, that, you, do that for me. you got to change that then real quick. Okay. <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. Um, if no, you're at Martin's Automotive, you know he's a second generation. Dennis, his dad, and I go back to the 68 and 70s. And um, he came from a gas station environment. And if you're talking about Martin's Auto and you're talking to Dave, then there's no question he'll know how to fix this, how to find it, bid it, and fix it. He'll be a good, he, he's a good choice. Great. I appreciate your uh, your counsel. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You bet. Thank you very much. That's Martin's Auto, 16th Street. He's a good guy, and I promise you he's a good guy. Let's go to Steve. Steve, you're up next. How can I help you? Hey, uh, excuse me. I've enjoyed listening to you talk about oil over the years. Thanks for your show. I got a lot of old Chevrolet 350s and a bunch of Target-type crate motor 350s, and I've started just putting full synthetic in them because that's generally what's on the shelf. And my brother said that that's bad, could be bad for my motor somehow. And and then I've seen uh, oil filters that say, you know, for full synthetic, you should use this filter or that filter. Is that <laughs> is that the case? No, no, no. There's only a couple of different filter manufacturers in the United States, and so I don't care what box they are. I'm going to tell you that if I were you, I would probably just grab one of the cheapest ones on I would not use a synthetic oil because there is no way in God's green earth that that filter is going to know what kind of oil you put in the motor. It's not going to know. Um, synthetic oil is backward compatible for the same reason that we we used to use leaded gasoline and we don't anymore. It's we move forward. And oil is forward compatible and backward compatible. So a synthetic is the king of the hill right now. And you can put synthetic in a 1922 Mercury, if they even made one, or some 1917 Model A. You could put synthetic in there. It's backward compatible. And so there's no harm, no foul. On the, on the, on the, on certain cars that are leakers, um, synthetic, synthetic is too expensive per quart to put in on something that's either going to burn it or leak it. So in customers of mine, if they've got a burner or a leaker, I'm going to put them in a conventional straight 30 weight or something like that, and that's going to serve them the best. But I wouldn't put them in synthetic and bring them in every 10,000 or 15,000 miles for an oil change because they're going to drink so much oil that they're never going to need an oil change. <laughs> and, and, and then that, 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 mutes, that makes the whole thing uh, mute. So in, in your I disagree with your brother that um, it, it, it's, it's backward compatible, and I disagree with the filter idea that is something well, that... Well, he mentioned, like, during break-in, I should, you shouldn't have closed, like, right after you put your new 350 crate motor in, you know, after the first change of the high nickel, you know, the break-in oil, I just put full synthetic in, and he goes, oh, you shouldn't do that. 
<laughs> okay. And well, first of all, there, there's this is this is an old wives' tale about using this kind of oil, which furnishes some kind of nickel or some kind of additional metal to a new motor. They don't do that when they make the motor, and we don't do that when we make the motor. That's just an old wives' tale. Now, for a new engine, I'm going to ask you, you this question. <laughs> okay, for a new. Put your hands together in front of you like you're praying, and I, I want you to rub your, push your hands hard together and rub them as fast as you can. Okay, that's your motor. Okay, now yep. we want to get in there with some oil, and we want the oil to get in that very, that the spot that's the thickness of a human hair. We want to get in there, and we want to provide lubrication, and we want to carry trash and heat out. Do you want to use peanut butter, or do you want to use sewing machine oil? Yep, I've heard you, and I've enjoyed it. <laughs> yep, that's the, way, that's the way I feel. And and synthetic oil is a premium oil. It extends your oil change intervals. It protects your engine better than any does. And here's the deal. The synthetic oil at 500 degrees turns to a tar. Your motor is trash at 300 degrees. <laughs> and so yep. it doesn't really make any difference. But a conventional oil at the tall 200s turns to a tar. And so I'm suggesting that if we have an oil in there that will at least protect the engine into the heavy 300 mark, then uh, we're better off than something that's going to fail at 100 and, you know, 230, 250 degrees. So I'm not going to argue with your brother, but um, and just ask your brother how many quarts of oil he sold last year and um, how many cars he changed oil in. And um, he, his answer is probably going to be about two or three hours at my shop. <laughs> <And so. laughs> Uh, you spent a lot of money at the dealer instead of a better place, in my opinion. But <laughs> and, and and you know, you know, is he an older brother or a younger brother? Older, a couple years. See, that's with me too. My two older brothers, one was a policeman, one was a banker, and they know more about cars than I do. <laughs> so, that's right. <laughs> so it's just something we got to live with. I got to go. The lines are open: six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. 602-508-0960. I was teasing about my brothers because one of them is a policeman and the other is a banker, and I'm scared of them. So I just used them as an example. So I apologize to my brother Ralph and my brother John. Nevertheless, we'll be back right after this. The following is a paid political announcement. Hey, patriots, I am so excited to invite you to Arizona's first ever Cary Lake Rodeo Rally. Everything we love about rodeos, bull riding, rope-in, barrel racing, and great food. And everything we love about rallies. Live music, patriotic speakers, including Mike Lindell, and maybe even a few Let's Go Brandon chants. Tickets are free with any donation to our campaign. Pitch in $5, $10, anything you can to secure your tickets. And then throw on your boots, grab the kids, and join us March 5th. To take part in this event, visit CarryLake.com. Join the Cary Lake team to shake up things in Arizona. It's time to defend our border, stop liberal indoctrination in our schools, and protect our elections. Visit carrylake.com slash rodeo for information on VIP or general admission tickets. Paid for by Cary Lake for Arizona. Authorized by Cary Lake. I fish. I also clean local waterways so others can fish and swim. I help build public boat ramps for easy access to the water. I provide fishing and water safety education for kids. I maintain a healthy fish population so tomorrow's anglers can enjoy a catch. I prevent unwanted species from spreading into waters where they don't belong. I restore the condition of rivers 
to help fish and wildlife thrive. I fund long-term plans to protect our lakes and streams. I do all of these things and more, all because I buy a fishing license. When you buy a fishing license, you do a lot. In fact, every dollar from a license purchase protects and maintains your local waterways for future generations to enjoy. To learn more about how you can get your fishing license, go to TakeMeFishing.org. That's TakeMeFishing.org. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late. We stay informed. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Hey kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for the mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. All about that demon, I have your attention, please. If you live in the Sun City area, I get calls that says, hey, send me to a good shop in Sun City. That's no problem. I'm going to send you to Autodynamics. They're family-owned and operated since 1982. Chuck, the owner, I've known him since 1968. They have high-quality service and people and repairs, and they stand behind their work. They're staff and their technicians are not paid a commission or a percentage of your repair bill. Therefore, they won't necess- they can't sell you unnecessary parts of repair. So Automotive Dynamics, north side of Ground Grand, just west of 99th Avenue, is a good place. All righty, we've got open lines available, but I'm going to go to Ed first. Chuck and Bob, you stay right there, and we have two lines open, 602-508-0960. Ed, you're first. How can I help you? Good morning. Uh, I seek knowledge on uh, fuel additives. Now, I like to run a, uh, you know, some sort of an additive to clean the, the fuel system up. Number one, am I wasting money? And number two, if I'm not, which would be the, the brand you prefer? I don't believe in those at all. Um, I don't think oh, really? that there's a good science to them. I don't think that, um, that they can show that that's going to fix a fuel injector that's slightly plugged or the spray is dripping instead of spraying. 
I don't see those. I have extensive ex- experience, um, especially when we start seeing fuel injection cars in the 90s. I I went through those injector flushes, and I owned the machine, and I sold the machine, and I, I, I did everything everybody else did. And in my opinion, that machine never did anything except make me money and take it from the customer's pocket. And we okay. were sold on the idea. So now, let me let me tell you, I've got old cars and hot rods that I will put a fuel additive in that absorbs water that has a lot of alcohol. So when I park the Corvette sure. and the Camaro, I'm going to put some some additive that has alcohol in the tank, and it's going to absorb the moisture because alcohol absorbs moisture. That's all I do for the tank. That's all I do. Okay. So uh, it probably is no good in a chainsaw either, which is a two-stroke. Now, now that's a different story. I I actually fill mine up with clean fluid, clean gasoline mixed with with um, oil, on the one that mixes doesn't mix it automatically, and I and then I'll dump the gas out and put it in my lawnmower, and then I'll put new new gas in my chainsaws. Um, I have I I bet I have five chainsaws. And you and I both know that the worst scenario is is you pull on those until you have a birthday and none of them fires up. <laughs> yeah, you may as well have gotten a handsaw. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I know I know what you're up against, but I don't I I don't want to leave my tank on my chainsaws empty because there's plastic uh, f- uh, um, lines inside there and there's a filter in there and I don't want those to dry out. So I just oh. dump I dump the the gas and oil that's mixed together inside the tank. I dump it back in my five gallon container that's hermetically sealed, okay. by the way, and then I'll use that to fill it up again. Uh, but I'll store it with clean fluid, and that's all I do. I don't use any additives in any of. And I have up at the ranch. I'm looking at quads, um, six of them. I got that many grandkids, by the way. Um, I'm looking at uh, yeah. bobcats and tractors and boom lifts and skid steers, and I do all of that on all of those. Well, for storage, I've been completely emptying uh, small engines, motorcycles, and so forth, completely en- emptying the carburetor, gas tank, and everything. And I, it's been working great for me, no, rather right. than the uh, eth- rather than the ethanol gas going going you, bad uh, you, i i don't know what do you think about stable no i use stable um I, i'll use okay. that if i'm gonna if i'm gonna if somebody's gonna park a car or if i'm gonna park a motor home for six or eight months yes i use stable in the fuel tank yes i do but but think about this there's a difference if we're mixing the gas and the oil premix and we're putting it in the engine then the carburetor is only going to control the fuel delivery and air where a, a four-stroke motor, the carburetor controls air and fuel, and we have all kinds of small orifices in there. There's a big difference between those two kind of things. So I'm emptying the 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 I'm putting fresh fuel in my chainsaws because I don't want the inside of the, the the components inside the fuel tank to 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 get brittle. On my four-stroke okay. guys, um, I have a a big syringe that's hooked to a piece of fuel line. And so uh, at, at the beginning of the summer when I start mowing the grass on my John Deere riding lawnmower, then I just take the syringe, I suck out all the fuel, I put it in the tractor <laughs> because the tractor has a 30-gallon tank and, and, and a half a quart of gasoline, rotten gasoline isn't going to make any difference, and that's how I do it. So I'm not real worried okay. about the four strokes, but if you were going to use Stabil, then that wouldn't be bad in your five-gallon container for the four strokes that you're going to store. I agree. Okay. 
Okay. Well, thanks very much. I've, okay. I've learned something here. Well, thank you. Thank you for the for, for the honor of talking to you. Uh, Chuck and Rob, Bob, you guys got to stay here because I got a break in about a minute, but I'm going to break early and throw it back to Gil so that we can get back to you guys early. So we'll be right back. The Seth Liebson Show. This is a participatory democracy as much as any other kind of Republican form of government that we exist here. It requires, as Reagan said, his most important word was citizen because he thought it was a verb, not a noun. It requires something called citizenship. It does rely on you to be involved. You go and you hear them and you meet them and you maybe listen to a debate or you go and shake their hands. I mean, that's the point of that. Weekdays, 3 to 6, right here on AM 960, The Patriot. Before Bamboo HR, (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper and we literally had paper stack. It was all spreadsheets and like folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the bamboo like onboarding checklist, I mean, (laughs) it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm like totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. Veterans. Whatever you're going through, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Well, welcome back, everybody. 41 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. And uh, let me tell you real quick about Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Um, I've known the Thompson family since the 70s when their Brian and Thelma's parents were in the gas station business as well. I know them, I trust them, and I can't tell you how many times people in the East Valley, Mesa and east of there and south of there and north of there, I've sent them to Thompson's and I've got a nice letter or a nice email, and they always say the same thing, they're such nice people. Well, not only are they nice people, but they know how to fix cars. So if you're in the Mesa area, unfortunately, the only shop I can recommend is Thompson's Auto Repair. They're on Main Street, just east of Stapley. Chuck, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. I've got a 2005 uh, Dodge Viper, and I've got two questions if you have time. First question is, I have a erratic idle when cold. Um, some background, I don't drive it too much anymore. Four years ago, I replaced ignition modules, which are underneath the intake manifold, so I pulled the intake to replace that. I'm old, so I don't remember if the hermetic idle was was right after that or later down the road. Okay. That's something that can be fixed. It just has to be experienced, and here's why. So I'm going to start it up in the morning, the first morning, and I'm going to see an erratic idle. And so the next morning, I'm going to be prepared because I'm going to have a a bottle of propane with a long hose on it. I'm already going to have that into one of the vacuum ports. So I need to find out if it's running rich or lean. Okay, too much fuel or not enough fuel. So I'm going to start it up. It's going to run ragged. I'm going to crack open my propane tank, and all of a sudden, it's as smooth as glass. I go, okay, I need more fuel. So then I'm going to check to make sure the coolant sensor is talking to the computer. 
and I'm going to make sure the idle air control motor is moving up and down and not all carboned up. So there is a process to figure out why is it running. Another thing you could do is you could take the snorkel, the air filter, well, you can't because the mass airflow sensor is in there. Sometimes we'll create a vacuum leak on the motor to see if that makes a difference because if it's running rich, it'll run poorly. Another thing you can do is pull the spark plugs out and they'll tell you a lot. So if the, t if the spark plug's white, it's running lean. And if it's black, it's running rich. And that kind of sets us t in, the, in the right direction. After it warms up, I bet you don't have the problem, right? That's correct. Okay. And how does it run off of idle? So if it's cold and you get in it and you start it up, you let it warm up for a minute or two, you put it in reverse and back out. As it drives for the first 10 or 15 miles, is there any significant issues at that point? No. Runs normal. Okay. So we basically we got a rolling idle when it's cold. Is that is that would be it? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, there's just a lot of things, and, and that's one of those things where you're going to clean the throttle blades first, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to start doing tailpipe emissions. So you're kind of going to go through a checklist between your ears to try to figure out. What part of town do you live in? North Phoenix. Okay. Um, I'd go to uh, Harker's, 38th Avenue and Indian School, 25th Street, and uh, Indian School is, is Billy. He could handle that. Uh, Martins could handle that, and then Blackwell on 40th Street and and uh, and Greenway. They all of those guys have the skills necessary to figure out: Do we need more fuel, or do we have too much air? That's the question. Okay. Second part. Um, it's got 177,000 miles. Uh, manufacturer recommends oil change uh, mobile one zero forty every 3,000 miles. I've done that his entire life. Um, I don't drive it much anymore. I don't put 3,000 miles a year. What do you recommend for oil changes? Um, well, I, I would probably... What oil are you putting in at a, four, a, a 540? A mobile? Uh, correct. That's what, yep. Okay. Okay. Well, that's long gone. Um, I, I'd be using a 020 if I were you, and I, I still think you change it once a year because the car went through four seasons. Even though it's not running, it still had the moisture, it had the humidity, it had the heat, and it had the cold. And each one of those creates problems within the engine, predominantly just moisture. There's the abundance of moisture. Okay. Now, if you want, you can give me a call, and I'll come over and drive it every once in a while for you. <laughs> well, I, the car is primarily used to take a six-year-old grandson to Dairy Queen and maybe a hot rod show. There you go. I'm going to tell you a real quick story, okay? I had a yellow Viper, and um, I told my son he couldn't drive it and so forth and so on. And, uh, and so um, one day I let him drive it. And he curbed it and blew the right front and the right rear off of it. And I was really mad at him, as you can imagine. Fast forward a year later or something like that, I'm coming from home, and I'm coming the back way to the shop. And I go around this corner, and I decide to throttle it up a little bit. I curbed the other side of it and took the left front and the left rear off of it. Now, I didn't know how to fix it at home before the rest of the family saw me, so I had no choice but to tow it to... to to the shop little did i know that my son saw me crash the car because he was coming down priest <laughs> and obviously i haven't lived that down so be careful i'm only offering you grandpa to grandpa be careful what you show him what to do okay <laughs> well i i've i've had a few instances with it but i've kept it quiet <laughs> good for you just between uh, me and my insurance company <laughs> mark paid for both of them <laughs> All righty. Thank you very much. You may thank you for the laugh. Bob, you're up next. How can I help you? 
Hi, Mark. Uh, hey, I took my car, which is a hybrid, uh, 2017 Camry in, and they came up with a recommendation that made me think, and I don't think I should do it, but they wanted to uh, clean the uh, service of fan that cools the hybrid battery. Um, well, the, I, I know that if the fan quits, that there's going to be a warning device that's going to pop up on your dashboard or on your information center that tells you something's wrong. Right. I would. I now. How, what year's the hybrid? Seventeen. It's got thirty-six thousand miles on it. Runs perfect. Um, and I think. I think what what might be happening here is is that the the fan isn't doesn't have the life that they want it to have, or it's been redesigned, and they're trying to tell you the fan you have in there is a piece of of uh, manure, and that they make a better one, but they don't want to say that. This is yeah. what I would do if I were you. I would call the parts department and have the VIN in front of you. But just don't give them the last six of the VIN. And if you do, just make up those numbers. Okay? Uh-huh. So you're going to give them the VIN, and you're going to say, do you have a, 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 a blower motor for the battery compartment on my hybrid? And they'll say yes. And you, can you say, can you tell if that's an upgraded one or not? And they can look yeah. at the number, and they go, yes, this is version 3. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, I... I, I, I I, my understanding was they're wanting to clean it. Uh, it, and it draws the air that goes back into that battery from inside the cabin. I don't know. I don't know why you'd clean it. How much? How much uh, trash is on your dashboard or on your shift handle? Nothing. Or, uh, well, I, I don't drive with the windows down or anything very often. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, here, here's the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker is your owner's manual. If your owner's manual it's not shows in there, and I ask the guy, I says what? Why is this stuff not in the manual or, or, or in the, the maintenance guide deal that I've got with the car? And uh, he said something, well, it's something that we check, you know. Okay. But I, I, I he had, on top of that, there's a, I checked and there's a, a garage that does this for $119. And, and uh, it looked like a nice clean shop. And they wanted three twenty, three sixty or three twenty seven, something like that. Okay, but the question is, is what doing what? Are they vacuuming not, out the battery compartment? Huh? What? What are they doing? Well, they're. I guess they're checking to see if there's dirt and dust in there. Okay, so how hard can that be? Just access the battery. Take the take well, whatever. I don't know. I don't know the answer to your question. I don't know that I'm. I'm, I'm suspicious of it. Uh, like obviously you are, I don't know what, we're, what problem we're trying to fix. I've never seen a problem where one of my technicians came in and said the hybrid has fuzz all over it. The battery has fuzz all over. It. I never heard that. I've never heard that the compartment's dirty. And if it pulls air from the inside the car, it can't be too doggone dirty. So I'm I'm struggling with the this thing. But this is what's going on right now in our industry. And we're making stuff up to make ourselves money. It's not in the owner's manual, and we're coming up with a good rap to sell you on the idea. So if I were you, I'd pass, or better yet, do this. Say to him, you know what, here's my email address. I want you to have your service manager send me a text and, and tell me what it is you guys do exactly and tell me why it's necessary, and that'll never happen. got to run. Thank you very much. Leonard, you're up next. How can I help you? Yeah, good morning, Mark. Listen, recently I listened to your story, and you said uh, I little power strength. So you, said, you said to try uh, putting some brake fluid in there. That might swell the seals. But if I did that, wouldn't I have to remove a little power-throwing fluid to put some brake fluid in there? 
No, not necessarily. The The window between the brake fluid low part and the brake fluid high part is typically on the dipstick at least a quarter of an inch or maybe even a half an inch. So okay. if you if you put basically two or three tablespoons of brake fluid in there, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna substantially change it. I think two three tablespoons of brake fluid is what I'm talking about. That'll swell the seals. Right? It, well, brake fluid does swell seals. That's the reason why we use brake fluid in the brake system and the rubber um, the rubber pistons and the rubber cups in the wheel cylinders and in the calipers are bathed in in brake fluid. And the brake fluid causes a slight distortion. It doesn't soften them and make them soft. It causes them to slightly swell. So brake fluid and rubber, that's what happens. If you have a small power steering leak, you got nothing to lose by putting two two tablespoons plus or minus of brake fluid inside your uh, power steering oh, reservoir. One or, one or two tablespoons, okay. Yes. Uh, one enough room two in there. We don't have to take anything out first just to put it in there. No, you're just going to put it in the the power steering reservoir of where right. it has the fluid. That's all. Yeah. I wouldn't have to take anything out, though, to make room for the new, new, new amount. Not, not for three tablespoons. But there's a dipstick oh, okay. there. So, so, yes, so Leonard, right. when you take it off, just take the look at the dipstick, and it's yes, going to be right, between right. the ad and the full. And then when you're done, yes, put right. the three in there, and, we, and 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 I bet it's not moved a bunch. Okay, very good. All right, Mike, thank you for okay. the answer. I appreciate you, that. Stay safe, are. by the way. Stay safe. Th- thank you, Leonard. Thank you very much. Do we have anybody else right now? Lines are open. Okay, we are not going to. Um, we're out at 59, 58. We got six minutes. If you'd like to call in, you'd be our last caller. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. And the reason why I'm talking so fast like this is because Gil and I can have a record day on callers today. So we'd have 16 callers today, and we've never done that before. So if somebody wanted to call in and just shoot the breeze, we'll do it. <laughs> 602-508-0960. But if you have a car question, that's okay, too. But we have to be out sharp. D- Gil uses bad words. But my out time is 58 minutes after the hour and 50 seconds. Right now we're at 53.30. So we've got about six minutes. Five minutes? Five minutes? Yeah, five minutes to answer your question. So I'm just going to sit here, cross my alarms, and just say, oh, we got a caller. Who might that be? Say hello to Jim. Jim is our record setter. Jim, hit me with your question. <laughs> what, do, what do I win? What do I win? Um, you're going to win an internal grateful. We, Gil and Mark are grateful because you are our 16th caller, and we've never done 16. To be perfectly honest with you, as you, everybody that listens to this show and other shows on radio, the typical talk show host gets two or three calls an hour. When we do 16 in two hours, we're hitting. We're like Babe Ruth at the mound, buddy. Well, so you I have to have honored. a car. I feel honored. Okay, um, go. And I'll make it a real simple question. Okay. What do you, I want your opinion on windshield wipers. I can go to Walmart and there'll be some there for 10, there'll be some there for 30. Michelin is the best. Da 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 da. What is your opinion on windshield wipers? When I go to Walmart and look for windshield wipers, I buy the middle. I don't buy the cheaps and I don't buy the expensive. Um, and, and they're in plastic hard containers, so you can't really feel the pliability of the rubber. See how right. firm, how soft it is. But if they're out where I can take them out and touch the rubber, I like firm but pliable. But to be perfectly honest with you, I do windshield wipers on my, well, it's been snowing and raining up north, so I noticed that my wipers aren't doing a really good job. So I called parts and I said, hey, send, put a set of wiper blades on my desk for me because I'm coming down on Monday. So my son calls me and says, you got wipers on your desk. How come? And I said, well, I told Jeff to put some on for my... He goes, well, you you don't know how to put them on. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I said, you know what? You're about two seconds from being unemployed, son. Uh, so <laughs> you go get the wipers, put them on your desk. As soon as you see me walk in the door, I'm going to throw my keys on your desk, and you're going to go out and put my wiper blades on because now you're just you're just trying to wad my underwear up. And he right. laughed, and he goes, I'll have someone else put the wipers on for you, Dad. So I'll put them on. <laughs> yeah. but... You have to remember, Mark, you're the top dog, okay? You're you know, the top dog. Not anymore. No, well, I have a, a daughter, Andy. <laughs> no, no, they already know it. <laughs> We're going through right now. We have 20 bays. We have shut down one side of the shop in our busiest season, and they're putting 12 new underground hoists in. We're taking the hoist that we taken the center post host out that we put in in 1994. So we have all this concrete saw cut out, and they pulled the old hoist. And you know what? Not a leak. No environmental issues. I'm so proud of the way we installed those. So we're going to put in six on one side and then six on the other. Now, that's 12 of the 20 bays. And then the other bays down at the other end of the shop are for big motor homes and big tractors and big diesels and all that other kind of stuff has come over on flat base. But the kids are doing a great job in managing the installation of that. And the uh, Alan said, what are we going to do about the saw cuts, the expansion cuts? And I said, well, what I did was is I cleaned them out with compressed air, and then I pumped them full of black silicone, and then I took a putty knife and just scraped the top off. And he goes, okay. So then my daughter calls me and says, you know that Alan just bought a, a battery-powered caulk gun that's like 160 bucks." And I, I says, why? And she says, well, he says he's not going to pump 62 tubes of black silicone <laughs> using a hand one. And I said, um, I tell you what you do is just put that $160 on his draws, on your brother's draws, and uh, and take it from his next check and tell him he now owns that fancy, dancy electric uh, caulk gun. So I don't know well, if she'll do that or not, but it is funny. And thank yeah, you for calling. Well, and you, Are you a customer of mine by chance? No. Okay. Um, I would like you to, to uh, Gil, um, you take him off and get his get the last four digits of his phone number. Uh, Jim, you're going to send me an email, mark at marksalem.com, mark at marksalem.com. Don't go anywhere. Gil's going to talk to you, and he's going to get the last four digits of your sharing number or your phone number so nobody can pretend they're you. And then I'm going to arrange to get you a free oil change at the shop close by where you're at just for being our 16th. So wow. I'm going to arrange an oil change free, and I'm going to pay for it, and they're going to treat you nice, and they're not going to sell you the world. So thank you very much for that. Um, the rest of you, you can always uh, send me an email, mark at marksalem.com. My name is Mark Salem, like the cigarette, mark at marksalem.com. Please give me your phone number, and I almost always want to have a conversation because I have questions to ask you, cold or hot, left or right. When was the last time you had this done? Um, after they did this, did the problem come up? And so those are the kinds of things, but I always call from a blocked number. And if you don't answer, and I understand why you don't, then I just say, hey, this is Mark Salem. I'll call back in about 10 minutes. And so I'll call back with the same blocked number, so for obvious reasons. So God bless you. Drive safely. Wear your seatbelt. And if uh, somebody does something nice, then pay it back to somebody else, and I'll see you next Saturday. Thank you.